0: He has his own podcast. <laughs> what is the job? Get my shit together? Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, April 18, 2023. I hope your week is off to a terrific start. I hope you're going to come by Limerick Comedy tonight to say hello, to have a $3 beer of some sort, to listen to some terrific stand-up comics that I'm not going to tell you about right now because I want to maintain our great support the podcast has in the city of Chicago, Illinois. As you know, Chicago can be very, very, very fragile, sort of uh, thin-spined, (laughs) weak-kneed. And they don't like it when we talk about the Limerick lineup. They turn out. They tune out. Not uh, Chi-town Save Me. I'm sure he listens uh, enthusiastically because he's a good man of strong and sturdy character, unlike the other people who are listening in Chicago that I want to maintain (laughs) a strong following among. So uh, come to Limerick tonight. Also, Chicago, what happened over the weekend? I saw like there's a melees in the stands, melees in the streets. I think the the bad news that they're trying to give to us is uh, that it's 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 I'm going to move on. I haven't even started. I'm going to move on. How cool is that? Here's today's word obviate. I'm going to obviate the need for a discussion of end times in the fascist uh, republic of the United States and instead going to skip right along to uh, some more lighthearted fare. But I do think that, you know, the reason you see all this fear mongering, I think it's called, is because, uh, you know, certain forces want us to have more law enforcement. They want us to have more. Suppression of expression, you know. I'm talking shit at a stand up comedy show, and a guy pulls out a badge. That's that is an instrument of fascism. He's trying to get me to shut the fuck up, and it worked. It didn't work, but uh, you know. So anyway, I don't know how 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 your weekend went, Chicago. But looked like people were turning over the streets. Why? Just because there were kids being was a protest of some sort. Something happened in Chicago. I'm vaguely aware of it. Seemed like a lot of kids went downtown. Tore the place up and just had a had a rip roaring time in the windy city. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. I hope your week is off to a great start. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna plug shows other than we're five days away from What's Your Problem Three. Very very excited about this. The lineup has come into shape uh, with some careful tinkering. Uh, why am I so excited? And I'm not I'm not gonna dwell on this either. I'm just gonna move on. But I, I just gotta tell you, I'm very very excited about this lineup. As you know, LeVar Walker is a cornerstone of what's your problem. He was on the first two shows. Um, Did I do the business? Did I say it all the way? It's this Sunday, April 23rd at 5 p.m. at the Laughing Skull Lounge. It's what's your problem three. We want to sell tickets. We want a show that is viable. We want to generate more clips and build this thing. So please, if you're in Atlanta or you know anyone near or around Atlanta and you think they would get a good time, uh, you know, spend 20 bucks having a couple of drinks on a Sunday afternoon listening to us roast, not you, I want to be very clear and we'll message we will create a better branding effort before what's your problem for. But no one who comes to the show gets roasted or even talked to unless you talk to us. I want to be very clear about that. It, the clips online look like works at times going in on the people and we are in a lighthearted way. But no one is talking to you unless you talk to us. So, like I've said before, you can just anonymously sit there in the dark and enjoy uh, enjoy some good times. And no one will ever talk to you if you do not raise your hand and share your problem. So, I mentioned 5 p.m. April 23rd, Laughing Skull Lounge. I mentioned that LeVar Walker, speaking of Chicago, a Chicago native LeVar Walker has been a cornerstone and is a cornerstone of what's your problem. But he's... Headlining a club in Detroit, Detroit, pardon me, Detroit he said headlining a club in Detroit this weekend, so he will not be there. so you know who's filling in is Mel Mitchell, and she is going to be outstanding. She is a young comic who is doing big things uh, across the entertainment spectrum, but she is super funny, she has a great online presence. She does the black teacher from Hogwarts. She does many other characters. Misogynist, uh, I think, misogynist podcast host. She's just really funny. She's she she has the qualities we look for in panel members on What's Your Problem. She's hilarious. She's a real one, but she's also empathetic. So I think you're gonna love the addition. I'm really looking forward to having a, a. a better, not a better, a different balance of uh, two women, two men, as opposed to the others that have been three men, one women, one woman, women with a with a Y, women's prison. So it's going to be great. I'm really excited to see what it's like with Nick Murphy, Flow So Amazing, and Mel Mitchell. I'll be coordinating, as you know. Um, it should be a really good time. Mel is great, and I, I, I love her style, uh, Flo, you know, and Nick, you know, so that, that I'm I'm really excited, and uh, I've told you before, we want it to be where different comics rotate through, I feel like Nick and I, I mean, Nick's, Nick's sort of co-pilot, or, you know, he and I have talked the most about the show, and, uh, you know, he was the, you know, he's like my closest ally in comedy, so you know, he's kind of, like I said, the co-pilot. The idea is we want to have a variety of different comics on, on the panel over time. But what we want to do is we want to make the show, all of our careers so strong and robust. And the show so good that there are times where nobody is available to do it. Nick is headlining somewhere for a weekend. Flo is headlining for a weekend. Lavar's is headlining for a weekend. And you'll get three different comics. Like last time you had Lauren, Wright, Lauren Knight. This time you have Mel Mitchell who knows what it's going to be like in in the May iteration of the of the show. So um, we want to be a going concern and uh, look forward to different combinations. I can imagine a time in which people are like, oh, it's different with so and so on it. Because the first time it was like this, then I saw him. And that person wasn't there. And it, while the show was missing this element, it gained this other thing with this other person. So really excited about that. And Uh, Speaking of comics who have obligations, Zane Sharif, our normal warm-up comic, he is out of town doing shows somewhere and can't do the date. So we have the great Mookie G. He's going to be our warm-up comic, and I can't think of a better person. You've heard me say time and time again, and I know Mookie, if you listen, he told me he listens to the podcast. (laughs) So uh, I'm not flattering you here, sir. I'm telling you the truth. And when I talk, I'm, I'm talking about Mookie to the audience here. Mookie has what you want in a host, in, a, in, in, any, in any comic, really. But some he has the qualities you need in someone who goes early on a show or hosts a show in that he's good and he's likable. He's funny, he's really funny, and he's likable. And he pulls people in and he can host a show. I've been on shows that he's hosted. And he doesn't, you've heard me say, he doesn't just go up to people. Don't, he's not one of those quote-unquote hosts who goes up there and just tells jokes he hosts the show so i'm really excited about that he's going to warm up the crowd on sunday and then it's going to be me nick mel and flo and we're going to have a great time follow them all on social media of course uh so that's that um i have a what did i want to say i want to say one thing to atlanta comics over the last week who've come up to me and said Hey, I thought you beat Tamar in the roast battle, but I clapped more for her. Like don't do that to me. <laughs> or ask yourself why you're doing that or or know this, I understand why you did that, okay? No one's rooting for me. No one's rooting for me to beat up on poor little Tamar Ruben, okay? I know, I blow torch. <laughs> I'm kidding. But mo- numerous people this week have come up and said, hey, man, the roast battle was hilarious. I really thought you bodied Tamar, uh, but I clapped for her. And I said, why? And he said, well, because my girlfriend was clapping for her. And I said, well, what would your girlfriend think? And he said, well, my girlfriend also thought you won, but <laughs> she's holding it down for the, the girls. I get it. I just thought it was humorous that people coming up to tell me that they were... Uh, they were compliant in, <laughs> in uh, you know... It's not the first time that's happened, by the way, where I've been in a... That's how unlikable I am on stage sometimes. Is I do well, but the audience wants the other person to have more success. I should probably think about that. I did another roast show one time. What was it called? It was called You Look Like or something. And the crowd was, I guess, one of the comic's girlfriend and people were in there. So that made sense that they would clap, clap him up. Anyway, uh, thank you for watching, listening and sharing your, your kind words. Before I forget, I wanted to address something that I said a few podcasts ago in response to a, a, an LNC email where she mentioned she, she was praising 15 underscore versus underscore 15 for so... Uh, what's the right word so precisely cutting to shy town save me like that's the perfect name for that person and she said that you know white people would deliberate more and and sort of be self-conscious and convoluted about it and i think maybe she even was implying that i would be like that but um and I, I, i in reading that email i remember saying has it been established that 15 is a black guy or a person of color i think i said black guy And I must have been—it must have been one of those late-night recordings where I was kind of tired, and and my um, my memory was a little loose. (laughs) Not loose, but you know, I just—I have a lot going on in my life. You know that. I'm trying to raise a child, Um, but somehow it escaped me, and that 15 was a black dude and so i asked on the podcast had that been established that 15 is a black dude and ellen c uh listener that she is wrote in almost immediately after i said that this is last week she wrote in and says and she said uh yes several times throughout your podcast uh and i have seen it myself that 15 signs off with the black hand emojis you're right you're right i told I i don't know how that could have escaped me you know why because I live in a post racial I- internet, <laughs> I don't see color i just I just know fifteen is someone I love I don't know his his race, just like yours, Ellen doesn't immediately leap to mind, but now I will think you think of you as a white woman setting me straight, which wouldn't you know it wouldn't put you in elite company let's put it that way, or it wouldn't put you in exclusive company it would make you elite certainly um I just, it escaped my mind. I just, when I would think of 15 underscore, I just, like, had affection. I didn't think of, uh, you know, melanin. So, you're totally right. And she wrote in to uh, clarify that. She said, yes, several times throughout your podcast, and I've seen it myself, that fit in his reviews, that 15 signs off with the black hand emojis, or brown hand emojis, uh, one, five, fist bump, uh, brown power, black power, whatever it is. So I assumed he was black, she said. I'm sorry if I'm the one who was wrong. Ellen, you have no need to apologize because it was I who was wrong. I told you, (laughs) I don't see color. I also have told you before that it's absurd, as we all know, to say I'm not racist, I have a blank friend. And I know that's insane because I... Uh, hate cops, but I have a cousin who's a cop who I love dearly. Uh, but I still hate cops. Um, you're not wrong at all, Ellen. She said I never want to make presumptions or assumptions, especially toward another dear friend of the podcast. Yeah, 15 is a black dude. That, that's right. We or or he was doing black emoji, but I, that doesn't seem like 15. That's not the 15 I know. And then she goes on. She says, and yes, you do ask us all the time and you offer up your services all the time. For a while there, every podcast you would ask something of the audience, whether it was send in answers to questions you would put out, help with self-help issues, help to riff out some jokes to help us. If we were trying to break into comedy or help with life in general. Okay. Well, you know what it is, Ellen? I, I talk on this podcast, I think about it a great deal, what I'm saying or what I want to say, but then it kind of, once I put it up, I don't, like, maybe it would make for a better podcast if I referred more specifically to through lines, like, remember on the last podcast, of course it would make it better, you dope. Where am I, Who am I kidding? If I referred to the last podcast and the podcast before that like a through line, it would probably create further engagement. But what I was going to say is sometimes I'll just post them and then it's gone from my brain. That was 45 minutes. I wanted to try to entertain you. I wanted to get some things off of my chest and I did that. Uh, so your perspective is much different than mine also. So you say that I do ask for your help. Well, I... I um, Yeah, I I guess or I want to help you. What what did we say here? I do ask all the time and you you do ask us all the time and you offer up your services all the time. (laughs) Well, okay, for a while there, every podcast, you would ask something of the audience, whether it was send in answers to questions. Let me ask you this, because you've told me that you started going through the podcasts uh, more recently. started going back through the ones at the beginning is that me asking for the audience's help a recent thing in the life of the podcast? Or did that happen a year or two ago or something like that? Because I, I would imagine it was a while ago when I was like, tell me your thoughts on chocolate bars. And people wrote great treatises on, you know, why they thought three musketeers might should be, might should be in the conversation, something like that. But I don't feel like lately, lately, meaning the last six months, All I really want you to do is like, share, and subscribe. (laughs) Uh, Tell everybody about what's your problem. And if you can, be like 15 and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I hope I'm not asking a whole lot more than that. Uh, Help us to riff out jokes if we're trying to break into comedy. I remember riffing out a joke for someone who I heard, you know, was talking about a woman talking about getting older, and she was worried about if she was still, quote, uh, fuckable. And I was thinking the answer is, of course you are. It's just to whom, right? (laughs) And by the way, listener, or LNC, or comic who wrote, who has that bit, uh, it's the same for all of us. You know, it's, of course you are. You might not be uh, when you're surrounded by a certain type of certain group of people. uh, But around another group of people, you are totally what they're looking for. Especially if there's no one else around. Because you're an old woman. Uh, I I don't really remember riffing out other people's stuff. But uh, I do remember that one. Alan, you're so great that you write in here. Uh, It seems that seems to me, she says that the help me help you is the whole basis for the "What's Your Problem" show? Help us and let us know what problems you have, and then we can help you by roasting your problems. Yeah, you know what it is. What's your problem remains a uh, a concept, a, a a show that I believe is uh, lightning. I don't say lightning in a bottle. A, a concept, a very successful idea that still needs a branding statement it still needs a, like or a mission statement because what you're alluding to is 100 true i want people to have a place where they can be candid and be themselves it's all the hallmarks of this podcast they can be themselves 100 percent They are conditionally accepted by everyone, more or less, in the crowd of the comedy show. And that the way that happens is the comics on stage roast, solve, have fun with the problems in a way that kind of demystifies them and brings everyone in the room together. What is laughter? Ultimately, it's a signal that this thing is not a threat. If I'm laughing at it, it's less of a threat to me than it was. If I'm holding it inside, waiting to get down to what's your problem, like that young couple last time where they were, you know, like, uh, we're trying to figure it out. We're going through some things. And what do you think? And like, sounds like you're, you know, he's gay you know, and it was like he is or uh, thinking about it. And they were just like, uh, we weren't outing them, we were, we were making jokes about it. But you could tell that they were like, fuck, yes, thank you for talking about this. This isn't the craziest thing in the world. We're not all alone. And having a having a crack at these problems in front of strangers, by, we, we unburden ourselves, right? Is that the right word? Unburden? Yeah, we unburden ourselves. And disperse, if you will, the heaviness of the situation, of the responsibility, by giving a little bit of the issue of the annoyance of the problem to every single person in the room. Before the comics even have a laugh at them. And... That's really what happened, has happened, because after both shows, both, by the way, if you weren't at the shows, both shows featured longish movements into polyamory, and uh, what in a different time would be called an open relationship. Maybe it's called an open relationship now. My relationship is fucking locked, okay? (laughs) I mean... As I told you before, I've not stepped out on my wife. I cannot speak for her. Uh, I, I don't know. And at this point, I don't want to know. Um, but for those of you who weren't at the first couple shows, numer- it, each show has had uh, explorations, discussions at length about polyamorous relationships, relationships with more than one romantic partner. My, my husband's girlfriend, that kind of thing my lover's wife, that sort of thing. And to the point where I'm talking about talking about these issues and investing other people, what happens is we're investing and the people speaking up are investing the rest of the crowd in their problem just by talking about it. Because after each one of those shows, at different times, people have come to me who are not who are at the show, but did not participate and said, wow, that's, that's fascinating. I didn't know so many people were in those relationships. And I was like, well, you know, it does seem it does seem like a high base rate if there were 3 examples of it in, you know, less than uh 2 hours worth of time or something like 3 hours worth of time among 100 people. Uh, but then he also, you know, I'm thinking of one guy in particular, he went on to say like I don't know if I'm secure enough with myself to have that type of relationship and I'd never thought about that and and just by expressing that, and I don't, I have not talked about this, nor have I circled back with those people who were in the polyamorous relationships. Um, just by talking about it, he has invested himself about it, just thinking about it, and made himself part of their journey, and they, in their own challenges to figuring out their own issues, know that there are people out there empathizing with them and pulling for them and I think there's some power in that I think there's some some utility of the group coming together there does that make sense (laughs) again every time I say that you know it means am I fucking making sense so it needs the show and still needs a branding statement the show is a it's, it's a rocket ship I think it just needs a branding statement uh what else does Ellen say here yeah so I I guess I guess I do want to to help of course I want to help um then she says uh I think you must have confused Reginald with James Avery Uncle Phil it's very possible I did that and you know what after you pointed out that um Reginald Vell Johnson from um Family Matters and Die Hard is still alive. I saw him just the other night on a, on a commercial for something. So you're right. And then she says, even Dexter, the blind man, was responding to your plea. Was it a plea? <laughs> of help me help you because he responded. Yeah, you know what? You, you all have been terrific help to me. I've told you that just by listening. You, you help me. Just, you don't even have to leave a goddamn rating and Lord knows you don't. Um, But just by listening to the podcast, you help me Uh, rather than doing anything explicit like someone like Ellen does by writing in or Dexter. Yeah, Dexter was responding to your pleas of help me help you because he responded to a question you posed and actually educated help all of us understand what his life has been like. All right, Dexter. What an amazing story! And I remember if the most salient thing that I remember from that was Dexter is a blind man who also was black, and said that the most shit he got was from other black men who thought he was acting blind to get attention. If I remember that correctly, and I can only I can only guess at the depth of complexity of that experience. Yeah lnc out well thank you for writing in Ellen. I, I really appreciate it uh and i hope to see you lnc has been at both i should I, if i haven't said it before lnc has been at both what's your problems and i hope to see you this sunday at five and i hope you bring a bunch of people from bfe or wherever you live maybe how wild would it be if you brought those people that uh you mentioned at the last show, that would be incredible. We could have a, a rip roaring time working through it. And actually, as a <laughs> circling back to my poly uh, polyamorous thruples groups of people who come to the show, do you ever get tired of the flesh? Let me rephrase that you probably don't get tired of having sex with you. These are intimate relationships. I'm not really, it's not, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm weakly trying to connect your lifestyle, which involves uh, great, deep, complex emotional relationships with something very superficial that I wanted to sort of run by you. So uh, apologies for trying to do that because what you experience is nothing compared to what I'm going to talk about. And that is when I was in Florida, I wondered, is there too much fucking flesh? You know what I mean? Like, we all like a little TNA. Men, women, theys, others. Everyone likes a little TNA. It's it's it's, it's how we keep going. It's how we're going to continue to uh, multiply until we finally do our very best to stamp out this planet. However, it's very fleshy. It's, I guess what I'm talking about is like the shower water, it's hot, but through the principle of desensitization, right? Your, your body sensing and perceiving it, your response weakens because it's like over and over and over, like stepping into a jacuzzi, the water doesn't feel as hot immediately. So, or, or over time, it immediately feels hot. When I'm desensitization happens, excuse me, as you are inundated more and more and the sensory receptors are firing with less vigor, I guess. Something like that. But you stand... The water in the shower doesn't get colder. It's your It feels like it's getting colder. I mean, ultimately it does because we have a piece of shit water heater. <laughs> why don't you build a fence in your backyard so that sweet boy Clark doesn't get out? And why don't you... Get a better water heater. And you know what it is? It's not a better. Our water heater's just fine. It just needs to be turned up a little bit so we have more hot water in it. But when I was in Florida, I mean, I don't think I have a, an eye. I don't have an eye that strays. You know what I mean? Like, I, I keep saying that so you, you'll believe me that I have not stepped out on my wife. And I'm, my, my gaze is not drawn to other women. I have men, male friends my age. If I told you this? Where I have male friends my age who uh, who are, I don't want to say tired of their wives. I'm sure the fucking wives are tired of them too. So I'm just speaking from the side that I hear. Where they kind of like, you know, the, the, their their wives don't maybe do it for them as much as, uh, you know, a fucking 26-year-old woman might. And I am... Uh, I'm fortunate. It's nothing that I do. My wife still does it for me. So like I hear, you know, a couple of my male friends in my uh, cohort talk about, you know, younger women. That doesn't, that doesn't, I mean, I understand. I watch (laughs) if I have to, if you're going to show me, but it's not really where my, my appetites are. And also I wouldn't, It doesn't I'd rather listen to, you know, like a 43 year old woman, like talking divorced, talking about, you know, trying to get her kid into school or some shit like that. Like that's that'll be like a real connection I could lock into just like, you know, some people I hear talking about (laughs) the way some of these some of these men talk about these women. You would think that they were objects anyway. I'm not I'm not the greatest husband. I'm not the worst husband, but I'm not like always like, dude, you see that chick, you see that girl, you see that woman, oh my God, you see the ass, just, you know, I don't need to tell everybody that, Uh, but at the same time, in Florida, you are inundated with boobs, and I'm just talking about what I'm drawn to, I'm not like looking at people's, uh, that dude's got a nice package, but even when it comes to men, there's an abundance of flesh, and I went for a run, I, I probably told you this, where I went for a run on the beach on the day that I was getting sick. And uh, running on the beach, like in Rocky, is very hard when the sand is not packed. So like with each step, and I did three miles on the beach, with each step, my the muscles of my toes and heels and arch are trying, because I ran barefoot, I took my shoes off just to be that guy. Because uh, I wanted to get the workout, frankly. It's very hard. And all the, the different movements in my feet were really trying to coordinate uh, and it was, it was it was quite a workout but so I was running very slowly is what I'm saying and getting to the idea that like every two seconds there's another woman walking past me with enormous boobs barely covered up and like why do people hate on Florida what's wrong it's your politics and your governor and Somebody has got to support the guy, I guess. There's got to be a lot of people that empower him. It seems like it, but you're down there. It's like, well, I'll talk about the flesh in a second. The Florida hate in this country, I just don't understand. I've tried to build a bit out of it. My interest in it kind of comes and goes. I've described Florida as like the relative that we don't want to talk about or that That part of us that exists that we're in denial about. But if you fucking go there, what, I don't know what more you need. It's warm. The water's great. The people are having a good time. The, the, The money and the girls are easy. Like, it's, there's a lot to like about it, you know? Until you talk about the politics. Right, I guess. I guess maybe that's what, or or people are like afraid of the alligators and the meth and the, you know, people eating each other's faces on bath salts. But I think it gets a bad rap. Also, it is the Yolo state. I, I heard some comic the other night shitting on Florida. Um, I, I don't get it. Go to Florida, and tell me you don't like it. I think, you know what I think it is, I think Florida is too real for some people, and so as opposed to like, like like the way I talk shit about the cops at arm's length, like from a distance, you know, because I'm not as real as they are, every cop, most cops, not every cop, most cops are probably tougher than I am, I guess, Uh, harder, let's say, than I am, not all of them, but probably a lot of them. So I know I'm not like about that life where I'm gonna try to fucking choke somebody out or, you know, beat up a witness or frame somebody. Like I'm not. I don't have that. You know, you've heard me say it's why I'm not a drug kingpin. It's why I why I am not uh, you know a CEO or something like that. Um, I'm. It's not about me. I think though maybe people who but I have enough. Whatever it is to be in Florida, and I could thrive there. I think maybe people who shit on it are like kind of that, fo that liberal, foe look down my nose at Florida. Do any conservatives look down? Do Republicans look down at Florida? I don't know. I mean, certainly not these days, because it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to build a prison next to Disneyland. No, you're not. You fucking blowhard. You will have come. You will have been. You will come. By the way, uh, Clarence Thomas is in the pocket of some billionaire. How about that? the, The idea of shitting on Florida never made much sense to me. Like I said, it's... If I didn't live in the South, if I lived on the West Coast, I'd never go there because I have the West Coast and I have the beach and all that. But I've never not had a good time in Florida. Whether it's vacation with my wife and before my child was born, my kid is, you know, we go down there, we've gone down there frequently, splash pad, ocean, pool, I've had a great, I've had a great time. Even when our flight gets canceled, we still had a great time. And Delta gave us, you know, seven. I shat on Delta and I still take one of those cards off every flight. But Delta gave us like $100,000 worth of food vouchers for the airport. It took me like two food purchases to like be like, wait a minute. Why don't you be pragmatic here, dude? Why don't you go over there And in the morning, buy, like, 75 bottles of water and sandwiches you can take on the plane with you. Florida is pretty badass. I don't, I don't really argument against it, aside from maybe the bath salts and, but, but even the bath salts and the alligator fucking and all that stuff, it's like, they like to party, you know? Maybe, maybe, like I said, it's just a, uh. The Ivy Leagues probably don't like Florida a whole lot, and those are Republican and Democrat people. I don't know, Florida's pretty rad. Anyway, the point is this. There was a lot of flesh down there. And even someone mature in his relationship and has been in the game and is is not having his head snap every time there are boobs going by him, he's still going to notice at a pool when there are boobs. But very quickly, like the shower getting colder and colder. It's it's almost like I had boob fatigue. That such a thing exists. Do I have to am I no longer a man? Boys, do you young men who listen to this podcast in your 20s, I know you're out there. I see the data. Have I lost my card? My man card because it's just it's just like too many boobs. <laughs> it's a lot of flesh. It's a lot of flesh. I me- I imagine it's like what people feel when you see, like women may feel, when you see men running with their shirts off. Uh, Which, from what I gather, most women or a lot of women are not interested in seeing hairy white men going for runs with their shirts off. Especially ones who can pinken in the sun like I can. (laughs) That's right, ladies. Close your eyes and imagine that. What I'm like (laughs) steaming in pink. I look like of Black Francis from the Pixies, which I started watching some of that documentary because I made it through the Atlantis Morissette documentary, which is phenomenal. Drop everything when you're finished listening to this podcast. If you're as obsessed with that record as I am, go watch the documentary called Jagged about the making of Jagged Little Pill. The flesh in Florida, it's simply overwhelming. And I imagine if you're someone with like a problem with pornography or or whatever sort of uh, the roots of very, very bad, let's say deviant behavior, I guess what I'm thinking of is like people who are, who cannot control their sexual impulses and maybe they assault other people. You think if you set them on a beach in Florida and just like watch the endless parade of flesh and it's... And you know what? The you know what the, you can say this about, and you can say this about most people in Florida, or most things in Florida. The honesty of the flesh. Because I guess there are some people with like picture perfect or uh, ideal type bodies, but no, there really aren't. I mean, well, there, of course there are, dude. <laughs> but still, everyone is just out there in front of God and country, with all of their flesh. Whatever you, I mean, it's all there and it's a lot. It's like, maybe I was just sick running down the beach. Like I can't take one more breath and have one more size double D in my face as I'm trying to get back to my hotel. But I felt like a little bit like the night night of Thanksgiving when you're just... I can't eat anymore. I've had enough. I'm, I'm full. Does that, does that make sense? I'm full. I've had all the boobs. I can. I've had them in as many varieties as as many iterations as DNA can generate. I'm just I'm tired. I'm spent from all the flesh. It's a lot. Speaking of being full and then I'll let you go. Uh, there is a very snazzy na- uh, rest- restaurant near where I live that uh, my wife and I kind of made the mistake though we're teaching the girl, we've showing the girl that what it's like to go to a nice restaurant. I don't wanna say we kind of made the mistake, but we did take the girl there when uh, you know she's she's been going there for a couple years and is very fond of it. no surprise. And is also very fond of calling it out when we pick her up and say, hey girl, where do you want to go? Let's go out to dinner tonight. Where do you want to go? She'll say the name of that restaurant. And that goes from like a $40 dinner to something much more expensive, you know, than than like, you know, three tacos, some rice and beans, and, you know, uh, half of a negra or whatever for her parents. So she chooses that restaurant, the uh, snazzy restaurant quite a bit so much so that we now have a server two servers actually who are uh, really nice and generous and dote on her probably to the horror of the other servers or maybe even to them but they certainly fake like they really like her and it makes us feel good almost to the point where now we're like we've crossed over like we can't really go back in there because i don't want to be like those people who have a regular waiter or wait waitress servers pardon me um But they're very they're very nice and solicitous and they bring our stuff to color with. And last time we were in there, we we um they brought us a a massive ice cream cheers. (laughs) My a massive ice cream uh cookie dessert thing. She's dial and by the way, they you know float it to us and they compass this and that. So in the end we have to leave like a ten thousand dollar tip, which is fine. I'd rather the money go to the servers than to the restaurant but they they really take care of us and they they get us in and it's a bit ridiculous but my daughter loves it and uh last time we were there we were overwhelmed with food and a another server who we didn't know stopped by the table because it was a bit of a commotion because we kind of go in early before they have the real formal seatings uh, we go in a little early and there's a bit of a commotion, right? There's two different servers stopped at our table talking to my daughter. And then a third server stopped by. And he's like, hey, don't I know you from the Laughing Skull Lounge? And I was like, yeah, um, please don't ever approach me in public. I'm with my family. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's uh, it's you. And the person is a stand-up comic. Or, or an open micer is a better way to say it like someone i'd never seen except for the one time i saw them at the laughing skull and that person was so nice that they went and drew a, a zebra for my daughter drew an actual zebra really cool actually and we still have it drew it for my daughter brought it over and that's how my daughter's growing up. My daughter's growing up with people stopping by the table saying, Hey, can I make some art for you? And, and it's, uh, it's amazing to see. And also if you were doing that, just to gain favor, I never crossed my mind that you would do that to gain favor with me because I don't really have that much. I don't have power. <laughs> uh, but I, if you do listen to podcasts, I don't know. Thank you very much for doing that. It's awfully sweet. And, uh, I'll I'll name the restaurant somehow, someday. Uh, I just don't want, you know, more people showing up at the table. <laughs> Peace, love, and Florida, I think is really what it comes down to. If you don't like Florida, you don't like liquor and rockets. You don't like going fast. You don't like, you follow the rules too much. I'm not talking about Florida politics. It's like anywhere else. And by the way, it's amazing. Every time I'm down there, I'm in the pool with someone trying to have a beer with my wife and my kid. And inevitably, I'm having a nice conversation with a guy. And he's just right off the bat or inevitably, like, thank God there are a lot of conservatives down here. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm not fucking one of them. And by the way, what are you so look around? dude. What are you complaining about? We're just we're good. We're good here. Maybe that's what they don't like about Florida. I don't know. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you, LNC, as ever. Thank you, 15 underscore. I'm sorry if I misraced you on a past podcast. And uh, please tell everybody about this Sunday, April 23rd at 5 p.m. The Laughing Skull Lounge. Mel Mitchell's with us. We're going to have so much fun. I love you. You love me. And I don't don't know about that, but I'll talk to you uh, on Friday. Bye.